how high would I climb mountains if the mountains were where you hide? Know how far I'd scale the valleys if you graced the other side. Know how long have I chased rivers from lowly seas to where they rise? Against the rush of grace descending from the source of its supply. Cause in the highlands and the heartache, you're neither more nor less inclined. Well, I would search and stop at nothing. You're just not that hard to find.
morning and happy Easter. So good to be with you uh, today. I should have uh, marketed this as the sunrise service at Living Hope Wesleyan Church because most of you know I was not heading up to the mountain at uh, 4.30 this morning, but uh, we do say happy Easter. It is certainly good to be with you. We are uh, so uh, fortunate and thankful for uh, God's sacrifice of his son that Jesus would choose to come and save us and now not just an empty cross but an empty tomb we get to celebrate as followers of his. Uh, my name is Jeff Fuller, pastor at Living Hope Wesleyan Church and so excited that you have made the time to join us online. You can uh, find us our podcast as well at Living Hope Wesleyan. We're also meeting in person nine o'clock at Cross at Brook Middle School each and every Sunday 9 a.m. Cross at Brook Middle School. We gather in the cafeteria that's in Duxbury, Vermont. For the call to worship today, uh, we are going to look at Psalm 23. Uh, Greg Blood is going to read this for us at the in-person. This is from the New Living Translation. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. He lets me rest in green pastures. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name, even though I walk through the darkest valley. I will not be afraid, for you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You honor me by anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessings. Surely, your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life, and I will live in the house of the Lord forever. Amen and amen. We just thank God for his faithfulness. We thank for him for his sacrifice. And as 
Christians, believers, we are just so grateful that he is alive. His presence, his spirit is with us, leading us, helping us, guiding us, saying that I love you, I care for you, I am here to wipe away your tears, I'm here to celebrate with you, I'm here to show that I have a plan for your life, and to that we say yes and amen. Uh, with your mobile devices, you can certainly uh, subscribe on YouTube to the Living Hope Wesleyan Church uh, channel. Go to the Fir- Church Facebook page or Twitter and like, follow, share there at Hope for Vermont. As I mentioned, Google iTunes, uh, Google Podcasts, Apple iTunes. Uh, we are the same as Instagram, and that is at Living Hope Wesleyan, at Living Hope Wesleyan. And that's the uh, picture you will find um, as you look there. Well, we do thank you so much for uh, coming. Kids packs are available now Sunday mornings at the 9 a.m. in person at Crossbrook Middle School. And uh, we'd love to have you uh, connect with us. So you can either complete a connection card, email me, pastor at hopeforvermont.org, pastor at hopeforvermont.org, or text me uh, 802-522-6536 with the best email address to connect with you and uh, reach out as we have upcoming events and uh, things of that sort. Next Sunday, we're excited for Karen White's baby dedication. Karen White, uh, Pastor Kenny and Kellen, their newest, uh, so it's Clara and Karen. We're going to be celebrating uh, Karen, and we're going to have a brunch after. So if you'd like to bring in uh, a dish to share, uh, we're going to have Eggs, pancakes, real basic, but it should be great spending some time together as you feel comfortable. We do always have masks, hand sanitizer, and air purifiers going, but it should be a great time together. So that's next Sunday, 9 a.m. at Crossbrook Middle School. Uh, as part of our service, we have Kieran White's baby dedication. As we look at this month's memory verse, it is Luke 24, 6. He isn't here. He is risen from the dead. Remember what he told you back in Galilee. Let's read together once more out loud as you're able. He isn't here. He is risen from the dead. Remember what he told you back in Galilee. Okay, I'm going to read the first sentence. You read the second, and then we'll read the third or partial third together. He isn't here. Remember what he told you back in Galilee. Amen. Amen. It's awesome to be a follower of Jesus, to believe in this. And I was told that if it's a crutch, it is a great crutch. But if it's real, man, I would not want to be separated from the truth of Jesus. We are going to have music uh, at the in-person, led by Leah Mugford, and John Krasinski is going to be accompanying her with um, guitar, and so if you can make it, we'd love to have you. We are going to sing in Christ alone, and oh, praise the name, oh, praise the name of Jesus. Uh, As we go to our prayer time, we just thank you so much for um, just trusting us, Living Hope Wesleyan Church, and believing that God is using us and caring for one another. And as we bear each other's burdens, we just yearn and long and desire His presence, His reality, His faithfulness to be a part of our lives, that we might walk in His righteousness, that we might know Him and make Him known, that we might understand our identity as His, that we are a masterpiece, we are chosen, we are His children, we are Uh, his, that he is trustworthy, that we can love him, that he is a good father. Let's pray. Jesus, 
as there's so many needs represented, as there's so many requests that we have, we pause to reflect and smile and breathe. Take in that you are alive, that you care, that your spirit is with us, that your word, the Bible, it guides us, that your truth is for us, and that your justice declares that we might be able to love you and to love others as you have shown us. So Jesus, we just thank you. And for those that do not yet know you, we do pray for their salvation. For those that are far from you, we pray that you would protect them and lead them and bring other Christians into their life to show and display and allow them to experience you. And Father, for those that are dealing with illness, sickness, those that do not have a job, those that no longer have their family, those that have become distant, we thank you that you care for them and you are with them speaking into their ear, to their soul, that they would return to you. So Father, we just pray in your name, Jesus, that your will would be done, that people would respond in obedience to you, that they would come back to you, that they would know you, that they would confess their sins and repent and turn away from and allow you to be the deliverer, the redeemer, the one that loves, because that is who you are. So Jesus, we say thank you, and it's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen, and uh, thank you so much for being a part. Uh, thank you for your continued giving and tithes and offerings, whether it's through the Be Generous tab at hopefulvermont.org, the Be Generous tab at hopefulvermont.org, or uh, giving in person, whether it's at a small group or the 9 a.m. Uh, Cross at Brook Middle School in-person service, or just mailing checks to the chapel campus, 5793, that's 5793, Waterbury-Stow Road, Waterbury Dash Still Road, Waterbury Center, Vermont, 0567705677. We do, we thank you. It's been uh, a blessing to be able to uh, share with others God's love in a practical way through a gift card, through a gift basket, through the hygiene pantry, through just sharing that, yeah, we are a church. We can't help with your utilities or your mortgage, but we can show God's love in a practical way and make sure you're fed, you're clothed, you're helped. And what a better place to be than the church. Um, that's giving and not just asking. And so uh, thank you for allowing us to give and show God's love in, uh, in faithful ways. Um, happy Easter, everybody. Happy Easter. Uh, why do I have a picture of Martha Stewart behind me? Well, Easter is all about uh, new life. And I didn't know if you were aware, and uh, I really wasn't aware until uh, later on that um, Martha Stewart's giving name was Martha Kostra. I don't know if I'm saying that right, but uh, her marketing team said, no, let's change that to something that's more palatable. Let's change that to something. And she built uh, a big legacy on that. Somebody else, this is Demi Moore. I inappropriately thought about a G.I. Jane uh, picture, but I did not. Demi Moore's given name was Demi Guys. And they thought, no, for marketing, you need a new name. You need to be known by something different for your marketability Let's change that name. This, this is Sting. No, not the professional wrestler. This is not the W-E-E uh, Sting. This is 
Sting, the musician, who had the name Gordon Matthew Thomas Sumner. Gordon Matthew Thomas Sumner. And they just thought for marketing value, this would be a better name for you to go by. And what is in a new name? What is about a new name? Well, we're going to get to that, but there's one more. Who is this, Pilgrim? This is John Wayne, but John Wayne was Marion Robert Morrison. His parents, his uh, family said, we are going to give you this name of Marion Robert Morris, but to be the tough guy, to be the cowboy, they said, oh no, Marion, we need to come up with a better name that fits on screen, that young boys are going to dream of becoming, and men are going to get hats that reflect the hats you wear in your featured films, and so... So, Marion, we are going to make you John Wayne. What is in a name? What is in a name? I was reminded of an old song that's been redone. There's a new name written down in glory, and it is mine. Oh, yes, it is mine. There's a new name written down in glory. I won't sing for you, but it's mine. Oh, yes, it is mine. This Holy Week. We've been confronted by the reality of what Jesus endured, the person, Jesus, the man in history, Jesus. This book, well, I guess I will share it, Killing Jesus. Some of you are not fond of the author. I'm not fond of the author's practices. However, the author and his research, they came out with who this man was named Jesus according to history, according to factual history. And they talked about the Last Supper, and they talked about going into the garden and praying, and they talked about how he was brutally beaten and scourged and ripped apart. And they brought out the point that his remains have never been found. He is risen. He is risen, of which we respond as Christians, as followers. We have this inside uh, language. We have this inside talk that we need to declare to others that he is risen. He is risen indeed. He is risen. He is risen indeed. And we are so thankful about that. Uh, as I was preparing, I was trying to think, how can we make this uh, so non-Christians can understand what is Easter and I was listening to a sermon and they said without Easter we would not know what year it was without Easter we would not know what year it was BC AD that happened when Jesus died and was resurrected that happened at the birth of Jesus this happened because of the person of God coming in flesh and being our sacrifice, that we could trust him, that everything was paid, everything was made complete. It was kind of like if somebody said, Jeff, I need $10,000 from you or something extremely bad is going to happen. It would be a stretch. It would be hard. But just with vehicles, I think I could uh, get $10,000. But if somebody said, Jeff, I need $10 billion or that same extreme tragedy is going to enter your life there's no way no way i could pay that that's similar similar but you can't put jesus into dollar and cents and money but often we think about money way too much well actually jesus addresses money talks about money more than anything else in all of scripture but yeah about giving your talents and your time and 
your resources so that God can use it, things that will last forever, not just temporary things. But um, Jesus paid it all, not that there was anything we could do, we could manufacture, we could try hard enough, be good enough. Jesus did it, and we can receive that free gift, and we can follow him, and that's what Jesus has done. Um, there's a story of the cross. This is by Max Lucado. The cross, it rests on the timeline of history like a compelling diamond. Its tragedy summons all the sufferers. Its absurdity attracts all cynics. Its hopes lower all searchers. Far more than a gold-plated symbol of religious belief, the cross is the centerpiece of the Christian faith, the meeting place of time and eternity. Where God and man encounter each other, this is the cross. This is from Max's book, No Wonder They Call Him Savior. I was speaking with someone uh, recently, and I said, Happy Easter. And they said, Yeah, it's great. I don't have to dress up like a bunny this year. And I guess the backstory is in the workplace, he would always dress up like the Easter Bunny. And so he was pleased that this year he did not have to dress up like the Easter Bunny. And it took me back a little bit. But that's what Easter is for this gentleman. According to Pew Research, 30% of Americans are part of the nuns. They do not believe in any religion. They are part of the nuns. What a great opportunity we have to share that this life is more than the Easter Bunny. Without Jesus, without the crucifixion, death, burial, resurrection, and ascension, there would only be a bunny and too much candy. There would only be celebration of dentists and people that could benefit from what they sold. But the crucifixion, the death, the burial, the resurrection and ascension of Jesus is what Easter is all about. We go to Luke 23. Luke 23, then the entire council took Jesus to Pilate, the Roman governor. They began to state their case. This man has been leading our people astray by telling them not to pay their taxes to the Roman government and by claiming he is the Messiah, a king. So they kind of had to get into what really mattered to excuse me, to those in charge. It was not the fact that he was claiming to be the Messiah. So they throw in this false claim that he said, don't pay your taxes to the Roman government. Then they got in what they were really concerned about. They said, he's claiming to be the Messiah. So Pilate asked Jesus, are you the king of the Jews? And Jesus replied, you have said it. By Pilate's question, he answered the fact of who Jesus was. Jesus often answered people in questions so that you would state the truth and the reality of who Jesus was, who he is. We move down to verse 18 of Luke 23. And then a mighty roar rose from the crowd, and with one voice they shouted, Kill him and release Barabbas to him. Kill Jesus. They had the choice. Who were they going to crucify? Crucifixion was part of the practice of killing criminals. It was supposed to be painful. It was supposed to be a deterrent. It was supposed to cause entertainment for those incredibly crazy people that just wanted to see the suffering but for those that were rationally minded it was to be a deterrent of understanding what crime did they commit 
And so they said to kill Jesus. As we look further, Barabbas was in prison for taking part in an insurrection in Jerusalem against the government and for murder. Pilate argued with them because he wanted to release Jesus, but they kept shouting, but they kept shouting, crucify him. Pilate argued. Pilate knew that there was, a, there was something different. There was something different about Jesus that was undeniable. And sometimes we want to avoid the truth so much that we build a case against what we know to be right because we want to continue living what and in the way that we desired, not to the truth of Jesus. So Pilate argued because he knew there was something different about this man, Jesus, but the crowd kept shouting, crucify him, crucify him. Just for sake of those listening that are unfamiliar, crucifixion, again, was a common practice. The crosses were used and reused because, well, wood was rare, and it was just reused over and over. So there were several individuals' blood that had stained the cross that Jesus was on. And Jesus was brutally beaten and flogged before, but then he was nailed to the cross. And you did not die because of anything else but suffocation. How you were nailed to the cross, you could not breathe unless you pulled yourself up with the nails between your wrists and you pulled yourself up. And as they grated against the bone, you could take in a breath, but you could not exhale. It was excruciating. That's where the word comes from. Crucifixion, excruciating. Two others, both criminals, were led out to be executed with him. Jesus did not go alone. When they came to a place called the skull, they nailed him to the cross. And the two criminals were also crucified, one in his right and one on his left. Then Jesus said, Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they are doing. Jesus said, Father, forgive them. When he's being nailed to the cross, he said, forgive them. For they don't know what they are doing. And as he's saying that, the soldiers gambled for his clothes, throwing dice. The crowd watched and the leader scoffed. He saved others. He let him save himself if he really is God's Messiah, if he really is the chosen one, if he can do it. The soldiers mocked him too. By offering him a drink of sour wine, they called out, to him, if you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. The soldiers mocked him. Write that down. Underline that. Put this in the chat. The soldiers mocked him too. The soldiers mocked him too. We're going to get to this in a little bit as we continue. Luke 23, 37 through 43. A sign was fastened above him with these words, this is the king of the Jews. In their mockery, they were stating their truth. In their disbelief, in their unbelief, they were stating the fact. In their Jeering, they were revealing the truth of Jesus. This is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals hanging behind him, beside him, scoffed. So if you're the Messiah, prove it by saving yourself and us too. Save us while you're at it. Come on, Jesus, the Messiah, do it. But the other criminal protested, don't you fear God even when you have been sentenced to die? We deserve to die for our crimes, but this man has it done anything wrong? Then he said, Jesus, remember remember me when you're in paradise, when you're into your kingdom. And Jesus replied, I assure you today, you will be with me in paradise. 
Well, on one side, there are those that are mocking. Come on, Jeff. Do you really believe that? Come on. It's too hard to believe in Christianity. It is too hard to believe that there is a virgin birth. It's too hard to believe that this man actually did miracles. This man that's recorded in history that walked on earth, that he actually did anything else that other people do. Um, did. It was ridiculous to think that it wasn't just a magic trick. It was a sleight of hand. It was just uh, smoke and mirrors. You really believe that? This is uh, absurd. And then there are those that are longing to follow you as you follow Jesus. Those are waiting to follow you as you follow Jesus, that are following you as you follow Jesus. So keep following Jesus so we can point them to the truth. The light from the sun was gone. And suddenly the curtain of the sanctuary of the temple was torn down the middle. This is Luke 23, 45 through uh, 46. The curtain was torn. This is a curtain that was over a foot wide thick. This was so thick that it could not be anything but a miracle. It was not from the bottom up man being able to do it. But this was a miraculous sign of God saying that the, t- the temple was open as this curtain was torn. Then... Then Jesus shouted, Father, I entrust my spirit into your hands. And those words, and with those words, he breathed his last. Daddy? And then he said, it is finished. It's complete. It's done. Everything that you sent me to earth to accomplish had been done. And now it is you, my spirit, that's going to descend to hell. My spirit that is going to be revived in flesh. My spirit that's going to come out of the grave. It is in your hands, Dad. Jesus knew his father as Daddy. Jesus knew was so interesting, and some of the soldiers mocked too, well, in verse 47 of Luke 23, when the Roman officer overseeing the execution saw what had happened, he worshiped God and said, surely this man was innocent. The ones who mocked, God redeemed. The ones who jeer, Jesus wants to redeem. The ones who say they are part of the 30% of the nuns, no religion. Jesus is trying to compel them to himself, to his love, to say, I care about you. I have a new name for you. Your identity is not what you create, but it is how I created you. Your identity is that I love you, that I'm drawing you back. I'm wooing you back. I want you to know that I love you and we can say that we are redeemed by Jesus but we are separated by sin and it took the cross it took the death of Jesus to bridge that chasm to give us life to bring to us the reality that God is for us. Sin caused that chasm. Jesus was a sacrifice that brings new life in Luke 24. Luke 24, this is why we get so excited as Christians, as followers of Jesus. But very early on Sunday, the women went to the tomb taking the spices they had prepared. They found the stone had been rolled away. The stone 
had been rolled away, so they went in. But they didn't find the body of the Lord Jesus. They went in. Can you imagine the trepidation, being scared, the nervousness, the cautiousness, the peeking around the corner, the who's going to go first, the looking in, where is Jesus? I just want to spend some time with Jesus, his memory. I just want to find his remains. I just want to be there so I can remember. But when they went in, they did not find the body of Jesus. He was not there. As they stood there puzzled, two men suddenly appeared to them, clothed in dazzling robes. I love how the New Living Translation says that. Clothed in dazzling robes. The women were terrified and bowed with their faces to the ground. Then the men asked, Why are you looking among the dead for someone who is alive? Why are you even here? Why did you make this journey? Who are you looking for? You're looking in a tomb for somebody that's alive. You are mistaken. Why are you looking among the dead for someone who is alive? He isn't here. Jesus isn't here. He isn't buried. And for all of the skeptics, for all the cynics, for all of those that are wondering, how could this ever happen? Well, two things. If the Bible is true and Jesus died for our sins and I choose him, then awesome. If the Bible is false and all the claims of the afterlife and Jesus being alive isn't true, but I choose to follow him, I miss out on some hangovers, on some broken relationships because I was selfish and I chose the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life. But if I am wrong and Jesus is who he said he is, if there is an afterlife and if there are consequences, then I want to remember what he said and know that he isn't in the grave, but he is alive. The Son of Man must be betrayed into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and that he would rise again on the third day. He would rise again on the third day. Then, in Luke 24, 8, then they remembered that he had said all of this. Then they remembered. Then they had remembered. Then you will remember vacation Bible school. Then you remember being picked up and taken to church by your aunt and uncle. Then you remember how someone showed you kindness. Then you remember that God's, that someone said, God bless you. Someone said, let me pray for you. Someone said that the church is caring for you. Then I remembered, then they remembered the facts that we are chosen of God for a specific purpose Ephesians 2 8 through 10 4 God saved you by his grace when you believed and you can't take credit for this it is a gift from God God saved you by his grace believe in him dare to say Jesus I repent of my sins I confess there needs to be more to this life than just me than just what I can accomplish just the American dream just trusting in politicians just trusting in myself just trusting in my family name just trying to be a better person there has to be more there is you Jesus and by your grace I believe Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done, so you can't boast about it. 
For we are God's masterpiece. You are God's creation. You are God's delight. You are the one that God holds dear to his heart and looks at you with great love and compassion and joy and pride. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. God desires to do good things in and through your life that people might know him and make him known and be his hands and feet to reach out and share the love of Jesus with others, the forgiveness of sins, not in ourselves, but in our lives, that because we are forgiven, we could display the grace of God to others that in him, people can know his forgiveness as well. I believe he's simply saying, become who he says you are, become who he says you are. Become that masterpiece. Live in his identity. Know his forgiveness. Trust that he is able. And as we trust, we obey. Become who he calls you, not who you have defined yourself. Become who he calls you, the masterpiece, not who you have defined yourself to be. Become the one that he loves the one that he created, the one that could celebrate this Easter Sunday, not simply by getting together with family and eating eggs of every different kind. That was a family tradition. Not by searching for all the Easter eggs and shaking to see which one has cash, we use coins, which one has money versus which one has candy, Searching for who Jesus is, not just searching for what can give me temporary happiness. Searching for the reality of the joy of Jesus is that he is alive, that he is for us, that he has a plan for our lives, that he cares about everything we're going through. And doing it because we acknowledge that he is our creator, that he's made us to be a masterpiece, but also... For the sake of the nuns, that Pew Research study not only said that only 30% of Americans believe in, in God, it also reflected that for the first time ever, over 50%, a tick over 50% of all Americans do not attend a house of worship. This isn't just Protestant, this isn't Wesleyan, this isn't, but this is all, whether it's Islam or Buddhist or Catholic or just over a tick of 50% of Americans do not attend any local church. What an opportunity we have not to build our church. We're about the kingdom of God, not our own castle. Be about the kingdom of God, not your own castle. But what an opportunity we have to give the hope of Jesus, the reality that God is with us, that he cares for us, that he will help us, that he will wipe away our tear, be the lifter of our head, be our strength in our weakness. We can declare the joy of Jesus because he is alive. He's not like some other religious teacher, prophet, person that people have built a religion upon. This is about the person of Jesus, the relationship we can have with him, to know him and to make him known, to find rest as we abide and remain and are at peace with Jesus, the Christ, the Messiah, and God, our Heavenly Father. So we celebrate Easter, and we say, 
Thank you, Jesus. So Jesus, if there's anyone watching, listening, or hearing, questioning or wondering and desiring for their soul to be reunited with you as their creator, may they choose to obey and trust to understand and work out their salvation with fear and trembling, believing that it's not our works, but it's simply believing in our hearts and in our minds and through our lives that, God, you are alive, and you're alive for a purpose that we might know you and our identity is made complete in you as a masterpiece that you created us when we were in our mother's womb. Father, now we have a a purpose to follow your plan that we might share your love in practical ways that we might see through your eyes and what makes you grieve and cry and extend grace and show empathy and have mercy and be faithful. May we choose to walk with your vision and your heart and reach out and love as you've loved us. So Jesus, we thank you and we praise you because you are alive and that you care for us. We thank you, Jesus. And if there's anyone watching or listening, if there's anyone that's desirous of the reality, man, I want to know what's real. I just see through my human eyes. I need to see through God's eyes, this higher power, it it seems like so much. There's so many pages in that Bible. There's so many things that people tell me I need to know and understand. Help me to reduce it to the love of God. And if you just confess and repent of your sins, say, Jesus, you know where I've been and I'm filled with guilt and shame. Forgive me. Come into your life and change me. I choose to follow you. He's done it. So if you confess and repent and choose Jesus and desire to follow him each step of every day, step by step, not walking a marathon or running too far ahead, but going with Jesus, knowing that his grace is for you and he loves you, then let this be the day of salvation where we throw a party and say yes and amen. Let it be done. Amen. You can certainly email me if you made that decision, pastor at hopeforvermont.org. I'd love to celebrate with you, take you out for breakfast or lunch or dessert. doesn't matter if it's 6 in the morning or wherever they serve pie. We can always get apple pie or berry pie or ice cream, whatever your choice. We can celebrate God's new life in you. Yes and amen.